So, how many Pokemon do you got? <laughs> do you actually have any, Dave? Yeah, I found, like, um, just just to talk about it, like, about an hour beforehand, I, I went to the shop and I was like, sure, look, I'll open up this Pokemon thing and see if it actually lets me log in. It did. I found, I think, a Pidgey and a, some kind of a rat thing. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm currently not able to log in. Um, I've been playing, I played a bit yesterday. Um, which is quite fun and quite weird. Um, I'm going to take a guess that there's a Pokestop right outside your apartment. There is two, in fact. So there's one because I live next to an old creamery. There's one there and there's a commemoration plaque outside. So that's one. And there's a rowing club across the road. And that's another one. There's also a school next to me that's a gym. And there's another gym very, very close. So I suppose this is all kind of double dutch if you're not playing Pokemon or haven't heard of it. But I'd say everyone's heard of Pokemon Go at the moment, right? Our mums will be asking yeah. us about Pokemon Go, probably. I'm I'm going to ask you about Pokemon Go, because I don't have a clue what's going on. I don't really understand what Pokemon is. Like, I know it's created by Nintendo, and you've got to catch them, and that's it. Yeah, so I think it's it's not actually a Nintendo game, but they um, partly own the company. Um, I can't even remember the name of the company. Freaks game or something Freaks. like that. Game Freaks, yeah, something like that. Um so I, Dave, definitely, you played Pokemon when you were younger, right? Just about. I was kind of on the, I was kind of on the outer edge of that. No one in the, the peer group would have would have played it or anything like that. Um, oh, okay. But it was kind of after the fact. I think that I that I would have that I would have looked into it a bit. Okay. So Baz, ex- explain like I'm thirty five. Um, what 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 is what what is Pokemon like? Um, what is it? Pokemon. Well, I guess it's just a game. Um, it's an RPG game where you fight monsters. So you okay. capture monsters and then you fight them against other monsters. Okay, um, and the monsters are the Pokemon. Yeah, I suppose they're they're not really monsters though because they're quite cute and stuff like this. Well, pocket monsters. Pocket monsters. Yeah. So Pokemon. Yeah. Originally, there was 150 to catch. And now it's probably in the 600s of different Pokemon. Pokemon. So it was originally a Game Boy game or a yeah. Super R- Nintendo game? No, or? it's always been Game Boy or Nintendo handhelds, the, the, the main game anyway. Oh. Yeah. Is that kind of unusual that like a, a franchise is restricted to uh, a subset of a, a company's platforms? It's Yeah, pretty much. I think... The makers wanted to have it on the go always. So okay. any game they've done on a console, a home console, has been different to the main Pokemon game. How the mechanics work and all this stuff. Of you walking so the canonical things. Pokemon game has always been on a Nintendo handheld. Yeah. yeah. And it is a Nintendo game. Like it's Nintendo owned the IP. It's not a, an external company. Yes, yeah, so it's only Nintendo have yeah, the rights to it and... They partly own the company that develops it, I guess. So I heard none of the kind of pre-hype for this has kind of came out of nowhere for me. So I've read discussions about, you know, Nintendo having a lot of IP, obviously, in sort of their their different franchises and not necessarily being reluctant to leverage it for the um kind of the the smartphone era so like bazar dave when did you first hear about this or where where did it come out of the pokemon go thing i i mean i guess it's i don't know i I definitely heard about it for a long time anyway people have been talking about it coming out um 
But I was was it obvious that it was going to be a massive hit? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, a free Pokemon game. Yeah, I guess the fact that it's Pokemon and it was free, you know, it was going to be pretty big. It was going to at least people were going to try it. And Pokemon is such a huge franchise worldwide, and. A lot of people have grown up with it, either through TV or playing the games and stuff like this. So, yeah, I, I think it was good. Oh, so did they spin it out into like a TV cartoon kind of thing? You don't know the team tune, no? No, I know nothing. <laughs> I could probably sing it for the whole thing. <laughs> sing it? No, I won't. <laughs> we'll, we'll edit it out later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure we will. Yeah, but like it was a huge thing and... They based it on Ingress. I'm not sure if you heard about this before, but it was it's it's a very similar game to Pokemon. Obviously, it's a game where you went outside and you tried to capture locations and you're part of different groups of teams. And I guess it's Google made this game. Um so they wanted to have people route kind of off a be- off the beaten path kind of routes so their Google cars could um do all the traffic and stuff like this but what if there's a path between say two houses so for their walking routes and stuff like that on their maps they wanted to gather more data so they created a game and had people go out into the wild and you know there was a i suppose a meta game to it and they went out into the real world and they walked around and i guess this provided more walking information or routing information for google so and did nintendo kind of recruit some key people from it's this it's the same or? company that made it so people oh, they're, okay. they're so a google so startup if you know what i mean like they're they're right. owned by google okay so they're an xyz company essentially yeah. and so like they're using the exact same uh locations and stuff like this as landmarks so it's all based on on top of it it's just a reskinning really with pokemon um but i suppose what well, yeah what you have to do is you have to go to you have to walk outside, basically, pretty much. It works inside and home. You can capture Pokemon and stuff, but you'll capture more Pokemon when you're walking outside. And there's also locations around that you can go to. I mean, you get to the location when you're in proximity and you tap on it. It gives you certain items that you can use in the game. And then there's also uh, gyms. So the gym, you kind of go to the gym and you leave your Pokemon there and they can fight other Pokemon. And I suppose you want to become, um, you want to be in control of the gym because there's three different colors, red, blue, and yellow. And you want your, your, your team, I guess, to be in control of most of the gyms around the place. So do you choose your team or is it assigned arbitrarily? No, once you reach level five, which I haven't got to yet, which, um, yeah, you get to choose. And I've already had friends trying to get me on different teams, which is kind of funny. Ah, okay. Uh, but and do, do they do the, like, are they completely arbitrary in terms of personality or? Yeah. Do, do, they, okay. they all, I think they have certain names and there probably is a bit of a persona, you know, that's written for each one. Um, but, you know, it's just a bit of fun, I guess. I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell a story actually about what we did yesterday. So the game was off for most of yesterday. Uh, the servers just couldn't handle it because it released in 26 new countries. And, when it came back online, I was like, oh, it's back online. And my buddy's like, oh, I'm actually out playing it. So I went out and he was there with his girlfriend. So the three of us were sitting down. And then another friend appeared out of nowhere. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I saw you guys. Uh, he was coming over to my place anyway, but he was meant to go get beer first. But he saw us playing across the river and he came <laughs> over and sat down with us. So There's four of us playing, all catching Pokemon. And then these two guys appear out of nowhere and they're just looked at us we looked at them and they said pokemon we were like yeah we all laughed they went off their own ways so these 
these guys were in their thirties as well. And, uh, yeah. So a bunch of 30 year old men hanging around, you know, <laughs> so I think it's quite, it's kind of cool. You'll, you'll meet people, I guess, out in the wild and stuff like this. It's kind of fun. Um, I suppose I've linked a few articles about crazy things that have happened. There's tons and tons of stories. I won't go into all of them, but, uh, one of them, I'm not too sure if you saw, I think it was in an MMA match recently. And <laughs> when the guy beats the other dude he was fighting, he actually fractured his skull. It's kind of messed up. Um, he put on a Pokemon cap and threw a Pokeball at the guy who he just fractured his skull of. Um, that was a one. And then there's another one. It's just a video in Central Park. And I guess a rare Pokemon appeared and there's hundreds of people. That was no like something out of Cloverfield or something like yeah, that. Was... There was just a stampede of people trying to get to this Pokemon because it's pretty rare. Uh, so it's 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 a massive. It's, it's huge. Um, I don't know how long it will last. They're just going to... I bet you there's there's like 10 features. They're like, okay, we'll slowly release these over the next few weeks when their numbers start to wane a bit to get people to come back in and spend money. But uh, it's going to make them millions anyway. I think it's making them 1.6 million a day currently. Um, How is it making them money? Is it ads or in-app purchases? Um, In-app purchases, yeah. So you can buy Pokeballs and items to um, evolve or level up your Pokemon and stuff like this. Lures so. to draw them to where you are instead of having to go and yeah. walk. So, you know, trading on people's... <laughs> you yeah. can buy... If you're lazy, you can just pay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, so one of the features in it is you get eggs and then you have to hatch an egg in an incubator, but you have to walk... Like the one I have at the moment, I have to walk five kilometers before it will hatch. I'd walk about 10k at least every day anyway. So, you know... I wouldn't pay for it because I'm doing it, but I guess it's getting people outside, you know, us atypical nerds, you know, the people who stay inside with the curtains drawn. Um, I guess people are going out a lot more and I even know of people that are going out with their kids because their kids want to go out. So, you know, they're going outside more with the kids and stuff like this, which I think is pretty cool. So you're going to start, Thomas? Uh, You should come over some night. We'll go out for a laugh. So... My other question for you is like clearly that, you know, because of the popularity of the franchise, this is going to be popular anyway. Um, What do you think about the quality of the app and the concept as a sort of a standalone thing? Like, do you think they've executed relatively well? I know they've been having server problems, but apart from that, like, yeah, do you think it's it's good? Yeah, it's it's not bad. I mean... Like, it sounds cool. Like, it sounds like a a new, uh, like, almost a new category. I know Ingress was there before, but, like, it, it yeah. really does sound like a a fresh idea and, you know, a different sort of... Yeah, everyone's going to want to make their own GPS location-based game, I guess, in the future. Yeah, the guy from Foursquare came out and he was like, uh, we were doing this in 2009, or this is what we were trying <laughs> to get people to do in 2009 with Foursquare. Um, you know, where the more new places you checked into, the more points, you know, the more points you got and stuff. But I think that's, I, I think it illustrates for me anyway, the difference between game and gamification. Yeah, I never saw the appeal of Foursquare. That was it. Like, I mean, other than to let people know where you were, you know, to show off to people that you were this eating in this restaurant every day. Or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I say it's, you know, it's the, it's the future of these type of games. You said, Thomas, <clears throat> where it will go, how long it will last, what they'll learn from it. I think they've done a pretty decent job anyway. Uh, 
it's you know there's a, there's enough free in it and they allow you to I guess buy stuff if you want to and it being so popular and people's you know competitive nature is that's the best thing about it, making it competitive I guess Foursquare had, had that mayor thing you were the mayor of a certain location but um yeah, I think now this this is going to be the you know be interesting to watch this progress and how it evolves. Yeah. Just um, as a side note, um, one of Google's April Fools' things <laughs> in 2014 was a Google Maps Pokemon challenge. Yeah, and basically you would you know explore nearby and you'd find Pokemon and stuff like that. But obviously that was just a uh, just an April Fools, and now here we are two years later and it's it's real yeah so that's interesting so they must have been talking to nintendo at that time like they must have been granted a license to use the ip like so clearly this is kind of well flagged in terms of nintendo or we're going to work with a google company to to do this either that or they saw that and they were like that's a really good <laughs> idea because I, I think nintendo were like they want to bring out mobile games but they're going to be very different to the type of games that appear on their handhelds and on their consoles. And so I guess you're not going to see the, the the typical games that they do. They'll use the same characters and IP, but they'll have to come up with something a bit different. And they're probably going to go for a bit more of monetization, um, unfortunately. So you're not going to see a full-fledged Mario game or Zelda game or Metro game. It would just be Mario. I don't know. It could even be another walk around game, but yeah, I think they're slowly, they're doing it slowly enough, you know, putting out one of their big franchises, mixing up how the game works and seeing what works for them. And then you'll start seeing more games from Nintendo coming out in the future. And they're going to make a mint. Do you think that's the right strategy? Um, I think so. I think Nintendo are... They're Don't you want to play Mario on your iPhone? No, no, it won't work. If it was designed from the ground up for the iPhone. Yeah, maybe. But not. I don't just want. I don't want up, down, left, right, BA on a screen. Yeah, like. it doesn't. It doesn't. But work. again, this isn't. This is. This is Pokemon reimagined for yeah. today's smartphones. If we got Mario, Zelda, Kirby, whatever else redesigned for today's cell phones or smartphones, um, I don't see why not. But I don't think that they're going to. First of all, I don't think Mario is going to have the same type of game that you can you can hook it in and, you know, I don't know, do you walk around town and find princesses that are in different castles then, or, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I, I think they'll be hesitant until they have something that's groundbreaking. Like, I mean, Pokemon Go, definitely a hit. Zelda, maybe a hit. Um, Mario, maybe a hit. Depends. I don't think they're in themselves enough of a brand mm -hmm. to to just to to generate this kind of yeah hype. i think pokemon just like have even having the tv show of pokemon just makes it i don't know it's just bigger and more popular you know than the rest of them oh i know we didn't put it in the show notes but do you want to do a thing on the the nes yeah that was this week yeah i suppose yeah dave do you want to tell us what it is so this week, Nintendo also announced that they're re-releasing the NES as a self-contained unit with 30 games inside of it. And it comes in a miniature NES case and you can it comes with the NES joystick that also works with the virtu classic virtual console games on the Wii U. 
So um, I haven't seen a list of games, but that looks pretty good. I heard the 30 games that come with it are all that comes with it. Yeah, that's it, I think. You just get the 30. Yeah. But you can't put any more on. But it's got Pac-Man and... Mrs. Pac-Man. Star Wars. Mrs. Star Wars. Super Mario. Kirby's Adventure. I like. I, I never had a Nintendo thing up until Louise, so... Yeah, put it. I think it'd be a bit of fun. I mean, if it, if it was $50, you know, or 50 euro, why not? Bit of crack. Even just for two-player games and stuff like that. Um, but I'm sure someone's going to hack it anyway, and... I'm really fascinated Did they use some of the kind of open source emulator stuff or were they forced to rewrite their own thing from the bottom up? People have definitely put out consoles before and used open source emulators. Like if you were Nintendo, would you start kind of going, oh, let's try and emulate our NES or will we just take MAME and, you know, Um, they've done all the hard work for us? They'll probably write their own, I'd say. They, They definitely have written their own anyway for... Um, the Wii and stuff like that so uh, okay I, fair yeah, enough I think they have that done already yeah so I think there's a, probably about 10 years of Nintendo having emulators being used because even for the GameCube I bought Zelda and I got the disc of the previous Zeldas or whatever mm-hmm. oh okay fair enough so they were em- they were emulated on that back then even um, but again, look, they could be using some BSD license code or MIT or yeah. whatever. Um, then again, they could be using GPL and it's just hidden there and there in the, the terms and conditions that nobody actually reads or accepts. <laughs> so price of that's uh, $59.99 and $9.99 for the, for the joystick. So that's, um, that's pretty it's good. Pretty decent. And I, I, um, I'm hoping anyway, they, this is a successful because I'd love a miniature SNES. Which I was just kind of wondering why they didn't just release, like, don't why they don't just release, you know, kind of up to N sixty four, NES NES. It's it's funny with Nintendo. It's like it's like they go through their back catalog every time they do something like a new console come out. I start the NES and go through that, and once they sold through that, they'll start on the SNES and go through that, and then go N sixty four or whatever GameCube. Uh, it's like yeah, it's like again now they're starting again. Okay, how do we resell this, the NES because? Anyone who's ever wanted to buy it has bought it. We need to think of a new way to sell the NES. Then once we've outsold that, we'll use that same idea for the SNES and so on and so on. So that's just the way I find anyway Nintendo usually works. Yeah, I, I think it's a no-brainer at the price. I mean, um, it's it's, pro- it's probably a Raspberry Pi in a NES case. <laughs> in which case, I'll, pro- I'll, I'll probably buy one and put a Raspberry Pi in yeah. it. <laughs> Definitely. Um, also, this week, uh, Nintendo are after opening up their developer program to everyone, as long as you can afford the dev kits. <laughs> oh. So, um, developing for consoles, um, this is actually a good week for Nintendo. Um, uh, developing for consoles before you to be you vetted, you needed to have on-site security, you needed to have, um, you know, uh, onerous requ- requirements. Behind the locked door and with keypads. Yeah, um, onerous requirements to actually get your hands on one of these one of these dev kits and now Nintendo have basically said if you can afford it you can you can have it. So Reddit reckons the hard hardware is about two and a half, three grand. Okay. I wonder if this is Nintendo struggling or something, you know, that they're giving it away. Or just But also like uh, as Dave said, it's kind of the w- week of Nintendo, like this w- rake of announcements. Yeah. And it's funny that Nintendo in in a way have some similar 
attributes as a company to Apple uh, in certain ways, not in every way, but but sort of certainly a, a controlling aspect to a wanting to sort of provide a whole experience, you know, integrating hardware and software. And there were rumors like maybe five, six years ago that Apple would actually buy Nintendo, right? Was there, yeah? There was, yeah. Murmurings. I suppose it wouldn't be a bad thing, you know? Yeah, it was around the time of the the real heavy rumours for the Apple TV back when people thought they were actually going to bring out a TV and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and there were... Or indeed anything that didn't suck. Yeah, and everyone was kind of like, wait, Nintendo make things that are white. Apple <laughs> make things that are white. Perfect. Um, you know, and, and just kind of controlling the... You know, they, they both very much control their own platforms. Yeah. I think uh, I think Apple are be kind of are playing it a bit safer these days, um, and Nintendo have played it a bit too safe for too long. So, you know, I think I think they need to start playing a little less safe. Nintendo and competing with the the bigger boys, you know, in terms of what they're putting out and hardware and stuff like this. We'll see it with the NX, their newest console when that comes out. Is it going to be a beast? Is it going to be a powerhouse, or is it just going to be, you know? something as good as the other guys or maybe not even as good but it's, it's well, another comparison between nintendo and apple is that am i right in saying that nintendo like apple don't have a reputation for um releasing the most powerful hardware yeah that's usually like you know, because they're working in an integrated system, they can often get away with lower specs or, or that they emphasize parts of the consumer experience that doesn't necessarily rely on raw computing power. The problem there, though, is that the third party developers stay away from the machine because, you know, it's easy to make a game for Xbox and PlayStation when they're similar enough in specs, but then you've really got to downgrade the, the gaming uh, the game for Nintendo consoles. So you see a lot of companies that either release for the Wii or Nintendo consoles a lot later or have just even given up making games for the Wii because it's just too much of a pain. So it's not really working out for them anyway. Mm. Yeah, I think the only thing that's held, that's kept Nintendo up has been its own, yeah. its, its own games and its own intellectual property. Like, I don't think there's been any amazing third-party games that i can think of on their platform you know there hasn't been a like if you think of the playstation or the xbox immediately um franchises pop out that are that are exclusive but that are not owned by either sony or microsoft and then you get to nintendo and the only things really that that are it's worth buying them for are the nintendo games pretty much yeah so yeah interesting week for nintendo Hmm. Yeah, good for So them. I think it's interesting talking about like the in-app purchases and stuff with Pokemon Go. Because Dave, you, you posted a link about um, the most popular SDKs used by the top 200 apps in the App Store. Yeah. So uh, this is posted on Hacker News throughout the, throughout the week, I think. And top SDKs used by the top 200 free apps in the App Store. And I think for me that... Um, basically stands out a lot is the amount of things that are facebook google twitter sdks basically um 69 of the top 200 have facebook sdk 
And then if you look down, there's the Facebook SDK login kit. And there's the Facebook SDK share kit, Facebook SDK core kit, which are obviously all separate independent SDKs. You've fabric by Twitter, you've um, AdMob by Google. You know, it's it's um, it's interesting kind of how far down the list you have to go um, before you start really start to hit the actual the more general libraries, you know, um, for example, there's a library there, Bolts, which is just a collection of low level stuff. You know, it's a um, bit of bit of everything in it. And as far as I know, that's could be wrong, but I think that's another Facebook extension. And then you're kind of you're down a good bit. OK, number four is elegant HTTP networking in Swift, but you're down a good bit before you actually get to anything that's, um, you know, like SD web image, you know, anything that's an actual utility as opposed to something that's a social network or something that's doing something other than tracking you <laughs> or advertising to you. It's crazy, actually. I find this list really interesting, and I did dug down a bit. And at number 35, there is an entry for something called Open UDID. Yes. Um, and I clicked on the link. Um, so it, it, basically 12% of apps in the top 200 are using it. So I clicked on the link, um, which pointed to openudid.org, and I got a, one of these little landing pages saying the domain name was for sale. So I'd never heard of it, but I was Googling it. And I, I don't know what to make about what I found. So basically, openudid was an open source library that was... Uh, hosted on GitHub. And I don't know if you guys remember, but so when they announced iOS 5, they announced they were deprecating unique device identifiers. Um, So an app would not be able to collect a unique device identifier. Um, This is iOS 5, right? Basically a few years passed in 2013, the developer of this extension. I'm not 100% sure what it did, but in 2013, it, it sort of said, you know, it's basically is gone because um, Apple had turned this unique identifier method into a private API and replaced it with an advertising identifier, which, you know, so basically didn't allow apps access to the MAC address and stuff. So I'm kind of scratching my head wondering, like, why something that was like, retired three years ago still in 12% of the top 200 apps it doesn't make sense so it's just bloatware I was thinking that maybe 12% of them still support iOS 5 it's weird though I, I, I don't understand it so my sort of first reaction was Jesus that's uh, a sort of signifier of how much legacy code is is in some apps in other words This is, well, I had two thoughts. Either, like, people have found a nefarious way to access private APIs to access a unique identifier. The other one was that, oh, people just kept the libraries in. They're just too scared to remove it. I don't know. It's a bit weird. Yeah, it's a strange one, right? Can you still support iOS 5? Is that that possible? It's a good point. I don't know, like with 64-bit, all apps have to be 64-bit. Did that get rid of support for older versions of iOS? It also, like, is clearly marked. uh, Like, you know, the GitHub project is still there, but it's, like, kind of, it's marked as kind of, like, you know, this is dead. This is, like... Yeah. 
And it's in Pokemon Go. Is it? Is it just a thing that, yeah, that's what it says. Um, but do you think it's like developers have... Forked it or something? It, uh, uh, no, they just have a pod file. And in the pod file, it just has, I suppose, all these SDKs that they put in. I suppose even pod, were pods even around? Kind of their thing? toolkit? Or maybe something else depends on it. Is that what you're saying? Well, maybe it's... it's uh, Pokemon Go is made with Unity. Okay. But I was wondering, like, do they have just a list of things and then when they start a new project, they install all of the things and use them as they need them. And maybe there's some SDKs in there they don't use that are... It, it Maybe they have a base template project that has all these SDKs in it, built into it, and then they just use that and build, start building an app then from the ground up. But as Dave said... Maybe it's built into Unity, or maybe Unity has it. Oh, I see. Okay. Is it, if you look here, there's 30 Unity, 30 Unity 3D apps in the top 200, according to this list anyway, at number right. six. And then if you go down to open UDIE, there's 24 apps. So, so, so a lot of these are probably, you buy, um, like even we use uh, Cocos 2D and stuff back in the day to build games and yeah. that could just have some of these SDKs in it already so when you build your app you might not use the SDKs but they might get compiled into it actually to be fair I'm looking and they're all games so yeah it sounds like probably it is a dependency I just thought it was interesting like this is you know code that hasn't been touched in three years you know and and is in all these shipping apps yeah I'm looking at the code here and it's fairly it's fairly simple and what it does is it does generate essentially a global unique device id but there's nothing there's nothing deprecated in the code by the looks of things and they could still technically use it but i just think it's something that that's true it's only it's it's like it's only one dot dot m file it's not a big yeah what 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 do you guys think of these um so i suppose in the in the top 20 there's a lot of stuff for like uh crash reports but it's written by twitter and stuff like this what, what what do you think about putting these things into your app would you feel safe having something that's written by twitter that's analyzing your data for you and giving you back information they're using it obviously then as well right yeah i, I i'm definitely not a good example so um I had a really strict kind of no. i i use one third party uh library in my main app yeah and that's um, it's a library called GCD Async Socket. I should see where it is on the list, but it was developed in the nineties, and it's just a wrapper for CF. It's an Objective C wrapper for uh, CF Socket, and yeah, it's been around since the nineties. It's sort of fairly stable. It's it's you know it's, it's kind of, and it's uh, I don't import it as a a binary like I import the source. Um, but I can imagine for a sort of, you know, if you're in a situation where you're developing apps rapidly, like, why wouldn't you, you know, especially on the analytics side? Mm-hmm. It's funny clicking through all these apps, actually. And if you look in the uninstalled SDKs, backend parts. That's <laughs> <laughs> gas. So I don't know, like, I, but, but clearly... A lot of the top apps are using a lot of third-party code, right? Yeah, I mean, if yeah. the average, like, I'm just clicking through, like, Snapchat uses 34, Spotify uses 30, uh, Uber uses 26, um, Pinterest uses 41, 
you know. For, especially for teams that size, you'd kind of think, like, yeah, they've got a lot of developers. Would you not want to reduce your external dependencies? Like, you don't want to invent everything from the ground up, but I don't know. I, I feel like if you're working on one app like Snapchat or... I don't understand why they're not, you know, writing their own stuff. Maybe they just have so much money, like they bought the the face tracking crowd. They just bought them straight out um, instead of developing their own stuff in-house. But is it that they just have enough money or they just they don't care? But it, I think if you're developing one app, if, you, if, if all you have is one app, why aren't you writing it yourself? Just for security reasons, you know, and just for future proofing the app and stuff like this. But I suppose if you're a development house... We're developing hundreds of apps. I can understand then why you might start using more and more of these SDKs. Yeah, just looking down further again, number 44 is BPXL UUID handler and it stores the the UDID in the keychain so that if you delete the app and you reinstall reinstall it, it can pick back up and realize that you're the same device without having without relying on Apple Apple's new generated one, which would show you as a different device. And there's another um, secure UDID even further down. So this seems to be a huge, there's a huge portion of uh, these apps that seem to depend on on libraries to do with, with UDIDs. I'd, I'd be worried about using these things because definitely I've been in a situation where um, I immediately thought, okay, I can use the UDID and then remembering, okay, I can't anymore and having to come up with another solution. But, you know, if you're depending on this workaround what happens if apple just decides tomorrow oh we're definitely getting rid of these uh sdks kind of i don't know i suppose they give you enough time and stuff like that but is it i don't know is it not easier to find your own solution maybe not i i, I think to be honest a lot of these teams even though they're big the focus is just on shipping right yeah and it's not about it's not about having this beautiful perfect app it's about does it work yeah get it out yeah, the door yeah. and true you know, if if that's what if that's the the metrics that you're being judged on, like if that literally, if I had to, I would use every possible SDK under the sun that I could mm-hmm. if that's what I was being being measured on. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. You know, so basically, we were no worse than those left pad guys writing stuff in Node. Yeah, we're getting it's getting there. Definitely. <laughs> I, I think it's 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 definitely increased, and I I guess I've missed out on it. At some point, not, I didn't use too many SDKs really ever, um, and now I'm using a bit more. Um, I guess it depends on what time you came into iOS development. Maybe you came into time where you you learned to start developing for uh, iOS, and one of the things of learning to develop was using these SDKs and pods and stuff like that. Like you went on a tutorial site and went, "Yeah, we'll do this, and we'll just." use this pod rather than when I probably learned iOS there was no such thing and SDKs were probably at a minimum and it was like okay we're gonna write the code for this instead you know and I suppose stuff like the AF networking that that was great at a time when Apple's own code was a bit rubbish for networking stuff but then Apple's code I think has definitely improved recently um yeah and SURL session is is, is that the new one that, yeah. that that's quite it's it's really it's good. It's a lot better I, yeah. these days. I found it really good, and but I guess that uh, AF networking has such a good name for itself now, or even after all that issue, the issues I had before. But I guess it has a good name for itself, and people suggest using it a lot of times. For me, it's like it, there's too much in it, you know, that I won't use. So 
I end up just, you know, writing my own part that I need. But maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe I'm taking too long with stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so a bit of follow-up from uh, the last episode. Um, Baz, the last episode you mentioned um, Fiverr uh, as one of the sites that was making you happy last week. And Dave, have you some progress to report on that front? So I thought, well, if this is making bad, I should definitely give it a go. And so I'm now down about 40 quid. And Wow, eight fivers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and for that, I've gotten uh, quite a lot of things that I didn't want to do done. And they're actually... The output is variable, but it all falls under the banner of reasonably acceptable, which for a fiver I think is is more than more than I expected. Right. So, um, one of the things is I needed a logo for a project that I'm working on, and I got that done. And then five days later, logo landed in my inbox. Perfect. You know, gave a bit of direction, gave a give a sample of something that's in in a similar enough style and got back the logo and don't want to name it or anything but you guys have seen it and yeah it's good i think for a fiver that's um it's really good pretty good and the second thing i bought is i bought a portrait this hasn't been um returned yet but um it's due sometime in august and just a digital digital portrait and it's like a cartoonification or something of yourself yeah, it's it's more um not so much a cartoon but I suppose realistic. Okay. Cartoon digital thing and of of my son. So we'll uh-huh. we'll see how Oh, how lovely. That, that was a tenor now. That was that was Okay. You know, Double fiver. I was really pushing out the boat. <laughs> but um they looked they looked really good the samples. I'll, I'll link you the the gig in particular um later so you can so you can take a look at them. And then the other thing is that I got an amount of articles written. Um so I have a niche site that I've been working on for a while. And basically one of the things is actually finding the time to sit down and write the articles for that for that site. And basically I just said, do you know what? Go off and here's uh here's twenty five quid and I got six articles written and or seven articles written, something like that. Yeah, they're they're pretty good. One or two of them are kind of obvious rewrites of sections from Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> but they are in their own words and stuff like that. You know, it's it kind of they they use it as as a kind of a template and fill it in, you know, but they're they're not one to one copies. So what I've done then is taken them back and I've actually edited them again to make them actually you know, um to fit to fit my style. Which I find a lot easier to just take something someone's written and edit it than than actually writing from scratch. So, so it's like you got so someone to like, uh, go off and do some of the research for you um, to save you a bit of time. Then. Yeah, basically a rough rough first draft, yeah. and can can kind of take it from there and fill in the blanks and add in add in a few extra sentences where it's relevant and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I was impressed with the research because there was some things that even I didn't know about that had came up since I started that particular that particular site and they they came back to me with them you know which was which was good so um because i just didn't i just assumed nothing interesting had happened in that space how long did it take you to do the brief for for Um, these people literally he the the way they work is the title of the article 
and three keywords. Wow. And then you get it back. And they have been perfect. They've been spot on. Like, and even some of these are quite, quite technical, not too technical, but they've been, you know, they're, they're something that you'd, you'd assume that the person writing them would need a bit of domain expertise. And they obviously don't because they're just doing this. They're doing hundreds of these a week on Fiverr. Like, but, um, yeah, I'm impressed. And again, just checking everything to make sure that they're not, that they're not copied from, from somewhere really. You don't want the internet police knocking on your door. That's it. That's it. Baz, you got a new phone. I did. Well, I'm getting, um, I suppose I'm taking a bit of a lead in some of the QA inside in work. Um, so needed to get Android devices as well. So we have iPads and iPhones and stuff like that. Pretty easy to get. And then the decision of what phone to get, you know, it's the usual thing. You come with Android and it's like my, my buddy who sells phones for a living was actually asking people which Android phone he should get. You know, I think even it, it's, it's a confusing thing. There's quite a lot of them. And I suppose with iPhone, you know, you, you know what you're getting. There's like four phones to pick from um, pretty much, maybe five. So I decided to go with the OnePlus 2. After that long introduction there, <laughs> um, it's, I guess, it just has a good reputation for being a cheap enough device um, at a, a good, yeah, a good price and good specs. So Marcus Brownlee, guy on YouTube, he did the review of the OnePlus 3 recently and I didn't see the need to get that model. That's, yeah, I didn't see the need because it's not going to be my, as he would call it, his daily driver. It's, it's not going to be the phone I use every day. It's just going to be one that's going to be in a room when I get Android apps in. If I want to test them, I can just plonk them onto this phone. I have to say, it's pretty nice. So I sent you guys a photo of the packaging after I opened it. So initially very impressed with that. Um, I'm used to opening Apple boxes all the time. And it was nice to open this Android box. It was actually, it's, it's really, 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 really nice. And I'm actually doing some box designs myself inside and work. So looking at it is kind of good inspiration for what you know you might want to get in future um yeah it's really nice it's usb-c which is the first device i had is usb-c uh it's not stock android i don't think but it looks like stock android um i don't know do you guys know much about how android looks or anything like this because we're all quite no and to be honest i don't even know if this is if this one plus two is supposed to be a high-end phone or a budget phone or like where does it lie yeah it's um I think it's, I think it's like a pretty high-end phone, you know? It's got dual SIM cards um, in it. Um, it's got a pretty decent screen. I think even the newest one doesn't have an OLED screen. It's a 1080p screen. Uh, it's fast and the camera's really good on it. I think it's got decent enough specs. I actually don't know them off the top of my head, but it's whizzing by, you know? Because um, I have a couple of Samsung S3s or S4s inside in the office. This is a lot, lot nicer. And I'd used a few cheapo Android phones in my last job. And I guess that really ruins the experience. Not, never really having messed around long-term with um, Android on a decent phone. It's, it's quite nice. I still don't really get the, do you know the two buttons? There's like three buttons down the bottom. There's, yeah, I don't know what to do. There's a back button, which is kind of cool. Um, 
because I'm, I sound like a noob. Anyone who use Android obviously has this one from the very, very, very start. But going to larger phones on with the iPhone now and having to reach up to the very top to grab that back button um, or done button or something like that um, is a bit of a pain. So having this back button down the bottom is quite nice. But I find myself forgetting which one is the back button. Um, it doesn't have any markings for it properly here. But yeah, it's... It's a decent phone. I definitely recommend it. Um, if I had to say I had a kid and I had to get him a phone, I'd probably get this because it looks class. It looks really, really nice. Uh, the back is interesting. It's kind of, I don't know, soft sandpaper, I'd call it. I don't know. It's kind of got a grip to it. Um, it's got a really nice form factor to it. Screen is lovely. Um, yeah, I c- can't really fault it as a phone. It's nice. I find the keyboard bad on it, I guess. It's not as good as iPhone keyboards. I guess we've always learned with iPhone keyboards to just uh, make mistakes as you go along because it will pick them up and it will fix them for you most of the time. I know you guys probably don't use autocorrect. I use it a lot, but uh, I always found the iPhone knows what you're going to be pressing anyway. It's pretty good at that, but I find I'll make a lot more mistakes on the Android phone. Um, I guess the apps aren't... The apps look really nice, Um but I guess they're not as animated and stuff like this. I think maybe it'd be good if you guys had a, a go over for a while as well. I probably can't give you this one because it's a work one. But um, it'd be interesting to swap over for maybe a week or a month and see how I get on. But from, I guess, all... Well, a week. Steady on, yeah. lads. <laughs> I did use a Windows phone when it first came out for a month. And that was quite a long time, I think. Um, definitely. We'll go back to iPhone. But yeah. I I can't get over I guess there's there's just so much Google integration in it I guess you really have to rely on Google the whole time and I suppose Thomas you'd hate that yeah speaking of uh, Windows phone my sister was home for the weekend she works for a consulting firm in London and there everybody gets a Windows phone and Nokia Lumia or whatever and she was given out about it and it's really funny just to hear, because I, I, I actually, I'd never used a Windows phone, but I thought, like, Windows phones were were kind of decent in some areas. Like, they were the first smartphone platform to pioneer the sort of flat UI. But, oh my God, like, she's discussing, <clears throat> I was asking, like, what are her frustrations? And I was asking her, is it because... The hardware is really weedy, like, you know, because it's a company phone, so maybe they got a a big deal or something. But she's describing stuff like she turned off notifications for text messages and she can't turn them back on. And she's (laughs) brought it into IT and they're like, no, actually, your only alternative is to wipe your phone and restore from a fresh backup. Like, there's no way to do this like it's interesting to to hear i was just surprised how bad windows phone is because my impression from the outside was that it was like it was a half decent platform Mm. this is actually i gotta admit thomas you were over my house about what an hour ago yeah just dropping over your microphone and I started plugging it in to the Android phone because you were like, oh, there's your phone. And I yeah, I had to plug it in because it was dead. But like, I'd say maybe a fifth of the battery is charged at the moment. I don't have a percentage, but from the icon, it looks like a fifth of the battery is charged in an hour, which is slow, I guess. That's not cool. Yeah. It's from USB in my computer, but I never really have that much of an issue with the iPhone, I don't think. 
So that's maybe one one issue with it. That's not its first charge or anything, is it? Uh, no, it's definitely been charged a good few times already. I don't know, but I guess it's good to see if I'm going to be leading a bit more on Android apps in terms of what they can do um, until, I suppose, an Android dev joins the team locally. Um, it's good just to know, I guess, what are the features and what are the what can we do with Android, you know? Um Where's the downfall and stuff like this? Because I, I think so often sometimes when I start iOS development, um, I always go a bit too far. <laughs> and then, you know, you're kind of leaving it up to the Android developer to try and match up with you. It's a bit, a bit tricky for them. Maybe I shouldn't be, you know, restricting myself either. Yeah, no, definitely a nice phone. Um, I'll hopefully I get to show you guys in person soon another time. So speaking of going too deep, I am... Johnny Ive has decreed possibly that um, the headphone port is a a relic of a primitive age and we should get rid of it. Yeah, so I guess there's been a few leaks of the iPhone 7 already. I don't know how legitimate they are, but they all seem to show that the headphone socket is gone. Um, Other people are speculating maybe it's just moved to the top because of the video doesn't show the top of the phone. But the one thing I saw was, again, Marcus Brownlee I talked about earlier in the podcast, he did a review on two sets of Lightning headphones uh, last week. And I guess it was a good indicator of what the advantages will be by having them. So the first set of headphones were just Lightning and they have a built-in DAC. Um, What's this? Digital audio converter? Is that it, Dave? Or Or digital to analog. Digital uh, analog converter. Yeah, sorry. Um... And it has it built into the, I guess, intellectual headphones on the side of them. But the second pair he did, as he showed off, was more interesting because they had both a Lightning with a DAC built into the the wires. And then they had just a regular 3.5 um, socket on the end of it. So Marcus was able to go between them. And he said there was a significant uh, improvement by having the Lightning uh, headphones with the DAC built into it. He said, because I think we've talked about this before, because um, like just between ourselves, I got a DAC from work, a mini one at Cambridge. Uh, I'm not sure the name of it was, Black Magic or something. Uh, but it was cool. It, you know, we tried it out and we could definitely, we'd notice, I guess, a bit of an improvement. But as Marcus said, by having the Lightning headphones in, he talked about, you know, different ranges and stuff like this that he was hearing and separation of instruments was greatly improved with these lightning headphones. So I guess it's a positive, but I suppose his closing kind of statement, kind of a question was, how do you listen to audio and charge your phone at the same time? I don't think I generally tend to do that. Um, I'm usually charging my phone in work. So I listen to music through my laptop, but, um, I don't know. I, I, I guess my one prediction, not really doing predictions, but if Apple came out with wireless charging, it would be pretty cool. It wouldn't work in every situation, I guess, always, but uh, it would be an improvement to it. But I guess I'm a bit more kind of positive now about having to use lightning headphones. But I suppose on the other side of it, he also showed off, um, he did a review on the, or impressions video on the Moto X this week. It's um, uh, a new Android phone. 
and that has ditched the headphone socket in favor of USB-C. And I've seen some pictures of this. So it comes with a USB-C to 3.5 mil adapter and it's rotten. (laughs) It's not cool. So you're either going to have to just, you know, take the plunge, upgrade your headphones, get a built-in DAC, which would be nice, I guess, improved audio, or else you're going to have to have an extension you're going to have to bring with you everywhere. That's, you know, you'll probably end up losing at some stage. They're the kind of things you're probably buying bulk now from China, from Alibaba or something. <laughs> it seems like a decidedly on Apple solution to have all adapters and stuff. Like, I think, to be honest, the headphones that come with come with it, I think either, to... yeah, wireless charging or wireless headphones. Something's got to be wireless. Yeah, I think the headphones are going to be wireless. And maybe you only plug them in when you're charging them. And the rest of the yeah. time you can just... Uh, you can just have the have them in dangling into your pocket. Yeah. Is Bluetooth 5 out? Did it come out yet? Um, don't think it's on any phones anyway. Okay. Maybe they might have some, you know, Bluetooth 5 enabled headphones. So they're super low powered and stuff like this. And, you know, I suppose they'll try. They're, they're going to have to do something, I guess, to really want people or make people, appease people, I guess, you know, that are going to be unhappy about it. But... I don't know, the people who are unhappy about it, is it going to be the, the the mass consumers or is it just people on the internet who are diehard Apple fans, you know, shouting? What do you think, Thomas? I don't know. Um, I, I guess I'm interested with UP, USB-C because that has a, like the old 30-pin connector that had a analog pins. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you were talking about the lightning headphones and the need for an onboard DAC well, if if Apple if you if USB C had come out before Lightning and if Apple had adopted that as their sort of connector strategy, yes, you would have a dongle or a different interface, but you wouldn't need different electronics inside. And the shame with if they if they do away with the headphone port, then unless they change the spec of Lightning, that there will be no native analog out port on the iphone which i think is a bit of a shame yeah maybe maybe i'm just i'm not thinking about it in the long run maybe i was just i I guess hearing some good news about it initially it kind of made me a bit happier if they do get rid of it that there will be some improvements my music will sound better but yeah you're right you know everyone's got a few pairs of headphones lying around and just being able to stick them in it's just it's nice you know so, are we ready to talk about what's making us happy? So, what's making us happy? Yeah, Thomas, go. <laughs> ah, stop! <laughs> I go last. You always go last. My first name begins with T. This is how it goes. That's it. Yeah, I, I know. I like how you go uh, alphabetical by first name on the yeah. <laughs> on the podcast there, <clears throat> Mister Exactly, Mister <laughs> It doesn't matter to me. I'm in the middle, regardless. But. Um, yeah. Mm. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll go first here. Um, uh, Netflix is making me incredibly happy, and right. obviously, like I've been a Netflix subscriber since day one. But it just seems like the last few weeks has been an incredible amount of content added um, in Ireland. Dave, and Dave, are you going to be stealing what's making me happy? I wonder. You <laughs> <clears throat> see, well, Fiverr's making me happy too, so maybe. <laughs> um, I'll just use whatever makes you happy, and then 
that'll be my focus for the next week. But right. yeah, I'm just Netflix is unreal this week. Um, a lot of cool stuff and just seems to it, it's it's almost at the stage like because there's, a, there's a, a while back and I was like, if it just had X, Y and Z and nothing else, I'd be happy. And it's kind of at the stage now where it has X and Y and, you know. So, like, there's there's enough episodes of Star Trek on Netflix now that you can watch one a day for two years without repeating yourself. So, wow. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's time to go back and watch Star Trek. Maybe. I've, yeah. Myself and Thomas have never watched it. Yeah. Yeah, I have to... What's making me happy, so two quick things, I guess. So, Netflix also. Um, yep. Stranger Things is a new yeah. show that just came out. You're watching it, Dave? Yeah, just 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 at the start. Yeah, so I'm about about four episodes in. I think the made was only eight episodes or something like this. But it's a TV show that's it's it's a Netflix original, but it's probably one of the highest quality ones they've done. It just seems it just uses good production in it, um, and it's set in a town in the eighties. You know, one of these towns where nothing ever happens, and then something happens, and it's crazy, but it's very. I suppose it wears its influences on its sleeves. It's very Spielberg kind of Goonies type of show, you know, with supernatural sci-fi stuff going on in it. Um, so it follows, I suppose, some of the main actors in it are just kids and they're fantastic, I think. Um, they're really, really good. And I suppose there's, they do a great job of connecting you with the um, the actors in it, which I don't always find in shows at times. You know, you really do feel for them. Uh, but this, I suppose, that's my recommendation to watch this week. Um, it's Stranger Things. It's it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, the other thing making me happy, I will just go quick in this one. It's um, a new game that's out. It's called Inside. It's from Play Dead, who have done Limbo. I don't know if you guys know that. You can, you know, Dave, do you? Yep, I own several yeah. copies of it. Yes, I own yeah too many copies of that game, and if inside comes out on anything else i will be buying it so um it's a left to right running game and it's incredible it just kind of said this before about other games it goes places it's it's insane it just three i guess the game was about two and a half three hours long but um it just keeps ramping up and keeps getting better and better and better as it goes along throwing new stuff at you so they've done limbo before and it's a similar enough game to limbo but just i suppose it's 10 times better <laughs> everything to do where limbo was constantly trying to kill you um this game is you do die a lot and man the deaths in it are pretty messed up um but i don't know there's something it's it's, it's just it just does a lot of a better job of getting you through the game and compelling you to get through it so i downloaded it i think at 11 o'clock at night on a work night and i think i stayed up till about two o'clock because <laughs> i wanted to finish it which was a bad idea probably for me the next day but um yeah definitely if you have a an xbox or a pc definitely check out inside it's 20 euro that's me thomas my thing for this week is reader mode and specifically in safari so this is partly sort of inspired by the I, I like I run ad blockers on all my browsers and recently some sites like Wired and Forbes have started 
including JavaScript code code to kind of block your blocker. So if you're running an ad blocker, they refuse your way in. Safari and Firefox, and I presume Chrome has it as well, offers a, a reader mode where it shows the site and takes away all the divs that are showing advertising and stuff. And um, fortunately, this is a way behind these sort of, a lot of these nagging anti-ad blocker messages. But I'm also really impressed with how much thought has gone into um, the topography and the... Um, I looked around and there there are no WordPress themes that sort of really uh, um, try to recreate the the CSS of the reader mode. So I, I'm half thinking of doing a WordPress theme based on Safari reader mode. And are you using this just on mobile or on the desktop as well? Well, so it's interesting. So on mobile, they use uh, a sans serif font. Uh, well, Safari uses a sans serif font. Um, and on desktop, they use serif uh, font, Georgia. So it's kind of interesting that um, I don't know what thought has gone into it, but but they sort of thought about, you know, the differences between desktop and mobile. Yeah, I love those, um, the ad blocker um, nag messages, um, especially, is it Forbes one? It's like, the website might run slower because you're using an ad blocker. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the exact opposite. <laughs> and they have that five second countdown before you can get rid of the rid of the box now. Stop. I wonder how many people that actually convinces to turn off. I don't know. I suppose if you're smart enough to put an ad blocker in, you're not dumb enough to fall for it. <laughs> yeah, like I'm on, I just have um, that story about Nintendo open on the New York Times now. And Adblock Pro tells me there's like 25 ads Ouch. blocked. And wow. uh, Ghostery tells me that there's 32 trackers on the page. Including Ghostery. Nasty. X plus one, AdX, AppNexus, Brightroad, Chartbeat, DataLogix, DoubleClick, Distillery, you know, Facebook Connect, Google AdSense, Google Analytics. And the big list pops up when you go onto the site like it's scary stuff. Hey, this is a really good uh, reason to visit worstcasescenario.ie because we're like seriously lazy programmers there are no tracking codes there are no ads um you you can you know, browse the site and even if you don't visit we won't know yeah. <laughs> yeah but definitely go on there and uh have any questions for us yeah post them there feedback at worstcasescenario.ie you've been listening to worst case scenario don't forget to subscribe and rate us on itunes <laughs> <laughs> don't actually put that in there but no, no, i'm reading this, i'm reading this right now one out of five yeah <laughs>